A very good morning to all of you. I'm very excited to be here. You know, we have uh, been on a two weeks uh, journey. It was very stressful. Uh, I wish it was a holiday. But uh, it went well until we had to come back, you know, so we caught a, we caught a cold uh, at the last minute. So please uh, don't get too close to us. Uh, we have had a lot of coughing and uh, sneezing uh, the last uh, two days. But thank God we are here. We have enjoyed uh, to be in our four, own four walls. And uh, we are so glad that we can be with you today. So today I want to share with you uh, the Word of God. And my theme today is there is only one good shepherd. There is only one good shepherd. Yesterday when I wrote my letter, which I hope many of you were able to get, if not, please let me know so that I can put you on the broadcasting list. Uh, I wrote about the people who were, who Jesus saw and they were with, like people who had who were sheep without a shepherd. You know, God has uh, created us in a very, very wonderful way, but like everything in life, you know, you have to follow the rules in order to get the best out of it. So we want to take time this morning to hear what the, the Word of God is saying to us. And I begin with the book of John, chapter 10 and verse 7. The Bible reads here, Therefore Jesus said again, I will tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you are the good shepherd and that today, Lord, you speak to us through your powerful word. Lord, we need to have this word to guide us, to keep us, and to take us towards our destiny. Lord Jesus, I pray, may this word really be able to speak to each and every one of us today. May your spirit open our eyes spiritually and our ears, our inner ears, the ears of our heart. To you be the glory and the honor. Amen. There is only one good shepherd. You know, there are many shepherds in this world, but the Bible tells us there is only one good shepherd who is willing to lay down his life for the sheep, who is willing to go the extra mile that others do not want to go. The nature of the creatures that God has made differ. Okay, there's a difference between the uh, creatures, uh, which are, you know, animals and the like, you know, insects, whatever you have, uh, animals on land, animals in sea, animals in the air, you know, uh, worms and whatever have, God has created them and he has given each one of them an operating system, okay? Each one of them 
uh, functions according to the way God has uh, giving them, given them a, a system to operate in. And they do that. You know, you know, never have to check them. You never have to ask them, uh, you know, uh, are you do the, doing the right thing? And, you know, even the most insignificant creatures are doing a mighty and powerful work uh, for all of us, you know. I mean, for instance, worms, which many of us have thought they have no use, they have no value. Uh, they're actually keeping the soil very well prepared so that better, a better harvest can grow, okay? Or look at the bees. Without bees, we wouldn't have harvests. And so there are many, many of these creatures that we may not fully understand what their function and what their role is, but each one was given a function and a role to play. So God has created many creatures on earth, but even in heaven. And of course, we understand very little of the creatures that God has created in heaven, and we don't know how he created them, uh, what their uh, role is, how their, their uh, you know, position is. We read of angels, we read of fallen angels, we read of uh, cherubims and seraphim. You know, we read of many creatures and the Bible tells us that there are powers, uh, there are, uh, you know, all kind of different uh, authorities uh, in the air. And it's important that we understand at least what God said to us. We may not understand the depths of uh, the reasons for why they are there and what they are doing, but we must understand that we are not the only creatures uh, in this world. Uh, even so, we have a very central and special position in all that God has made. None of the creatures that we know, at least in this world, okay, probably even in the heavenlies, none of the creatures was made exactly like you and me. Okay? Because you and me, we are not functioning according to a you know, set operating system that is functioning within us. We are functioning according to choice, okay? We are taught from very early age, you know, from the earliest day of our, of our lives, our parents are teaching us, okay? And of course, that is what animals also do, but of course, their teaching is limited. But then, you know, we come to situations in our life where we have to choose. And the Bible tells us very clearly that God gave us a choice. You know, uh, many people have been saying, why did God put this tree of good and evil into the Garden of Eden? If that tree was not there, then, uh, you know, there wouldn't have been, a, been any problem. But you see, it was there precisely because God made us the way he made us. He made us the crown of creation he made us in his own image and likeness, and he made us so that we can choose which way we will go. If we wouldn't have that, that ability to choose, we would not be uh, human beings. We would not be like created in the image and likeness of God. So if for us to be like God, for us to be eventually becoming children of God and sons of God, we had to have a choice. And God always gave guidance, you know, in choosing. He told Adam, don't eat from that tree, because should you eat from that tree, it will have consequences, okay? Unfortunately, Adam and Eve came to a point where they forgot about that, where they didn't like what they were hearing. They said, no, we have to explore this thing. We have to explore this tree, and they did it and of course, we all know what happened. Our world was no longer the same. Death came. And uh, the world as it is today is a result of that choice. So we all have a choice. So they have chosen, unfortunately, they have chosen for all of us. Because what they have chosen, we cannot undo. We cannot go back. But what we can do is that we can receive 
the good news of Christ our Savior and Lord and we can accept him. And that will overwrite the decision of Adam and Eve. So God made us in a very unique way. And, you know, he made us function in a way that you don't see any other creature functioning. Okay? Have you ever seen an, a lion who goes to university? Have you ever seen a leopard who needs to be taught uh, the business administration? <laughs> you know? Have you ever seen an eagle who needs to be taught of how to fly better? No, I mean, these, these creatures, they have that inside of them. That's the operating system. But for us, our capacity is so vast, is so great, that we can expand it almost without limits. In fact, uh, God himself said at one time, uh, unfortunately in a, in a situation which was very sad, you know, that these people, if they have chosen to do this, nothing will be impossible for them. That was when they were building the Tower of Babylon. And so God put a limit there of what they could do, uh, destroy the whole mankind in, in, a, in a go. But just imagine, this is, this is what we are seeing us being capable of as human beings. We have got a great and powerful capacity, you know, but it needs to be trained. We need to have made, to make choices. Let me tell you, Whoever you are today, you are because you have made certain choices. Okay, certain choices you may have not made, certain choices were made for you by your parents, by your friends, or whoever, you know, uh, maybe by your grandparents. But then, of course, sooner or later, it will, it will you know, demand, life will demand from us to make a choice in life. Which way we go. And when the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is preached to us, we will have to make a choice. And I thank God that when I heard the gospel clearly and powerfully preached to me when I was 17 years old, I accepted that I needed Christ. I accepted that I was not where I was supposed to be. I accepted that I was a sinner that I had not walked on the ways that God wanted me to walk on. And I accepted Jesus to be my good shepherd. And let me tell you, God, the Lord has taken good care of my life throughout my short life on earth. Okay, because life on earth is short, you know, no matter how, how long you think it could be. But uh, we, we, we all have a much longer period of life, you know, which is called eternal life, waiting for us when we trust and believe in Jesus Christ. So we have a choice to make. Let me just read to you from the book of John, chapter 5. John 5, verse 24 says, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Okay, so there must be a time in our life when we are not only hearing mom and dad, when we are not only hearing friends and relatives, when we are not only hearing, uh, you know, the crowd around us, uh, you know, the, the, the group that we associate with, but there must be a time when we hear the word of God. And uh, it's not enough to hear, okay? I mean, many of us, we know uh, from our childhood that we have hurt and uh, we don't want to do what we have hurt, okay? Our parents tell us, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, but we do it anyway, okay? So the hearing is one part, the doing another. And, and Jesus is saying very clearly, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. So the believing part is the action part, okay? Some people think believing is just nodding your head and then, you know, you accept what has been said. No, 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 it's not true. Believing is the action part. 
Okay, it's like, it's like when you go to one of the buildings with an elevator, you know, you, you can, maybe somebody can ask you, do you believe in an elevator? Yeah, I do, it's right there. Do you, do you believe that the elevator can take you from, from ground floor to the fifth floor or the, the tenth floor? Oh, yeah, I was told so, I believe. But then you see the elevator come, opens the door, some people go in, but you're watching, you're not going. You believe that there is an elevator who can lift you, but you're not entering. So the elevator goes, comes back, you're still standing. Uh, you may be laughing, you know, because uh, this is foolish, isn't it? But mind you, I've seen people who came from, you know, somewhere else, and they stood in front of the elevator, they were not sure whether they should enter this thing. And that's true with many people when it comes to the Word of God. There are many people hear the Word of God, but then they don't believe. There's no action part. They're not stepping in. And, you know, that's what really makes us receive eternal life. So hearing is powerful. Hearing the Word of God is powerful. But it needs to be answered by our faith. <coughs> and only when the two things come together <coughs> will there be action from the other side and God will do his work and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Hey, this is a powerful uh, wording, you know. He has crossed over from death to life. He has crossed over from the shore of darkness, from the shore of death, to the other side of the river, to the shore of life, eternal life. <clears throat> I tell you the truth, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given authority, he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. So Jesus is the son of man. He is a good shepherd. He has laid down his life for all of us. Now, when men fell, you know, when, when Adam, the man, and Eve, his wife, fell, that was the whole of humanity at that time. Uh, then they dragged with them down the whole of cre creation. And in the book of, uh, in the book of um, Romans chapter 8, verse 19 to 21, we read, you know, that the whole of creation is waiting, okay, is, is, is looking forward to, to see them delivered from that bondage because not only has man waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. That creation, that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage of decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. So the question is, how were they bound into the life of, in, 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 whether their life was decaying and brought into uh, this kind of situation? It was when man fell. You know, when Adam and Eve fell, the whole of creation was tracked down. And uh, I believe that's when the operating system altered because now they were... Uh, in a different world, in a fallen world, in a sinful world. And uh, as we have been reading, you know, creation is waiting. And in verse 22, we are reading uh, something very important. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. The whole of creation is groaning. Now, the... the Example that the Bible is using is very interesting. You know, it, it, Paul is using the uh, example of being uh, of, of childbirth, and childbirth is a traumatic, traumatic experience 
not only for the mother, but even more so for the child. Except, of course, the child doesn't really, at that time, take much uh, notice of that. But the reality is, you know, it is an experience to pass from, from death to life. And, you know, uh, scripture is telling us that this is, this is what happens, you know. Creation is groaning. And, you know, we, we need to uh, understand that we are the forerunners as the people of God, as the uh, children of God. And the whole of creation wants to see the children of God, you know, uh, or, or wants to be in the position where the children of God are. That's God's examples, that salvation is possible, that things can work when people believe him and uh, walk with him on a daily basis. Now, we are designed in such a way that we should follow Christ, you know, the, the Son of God, and become sons of God as well. This is how God designed us, okay? But of course, we will not be able to uh, walk like this if we don't listen, if we don't hear, if we don't understand. This is very important. Now, God gave us a conscience that every human being has. It's not an operating system, it's a conscious, okay? And the conscious must be informed by the word of God. Now, of course we know that uh, some people have a conscious, conscience where everything is possible, okay? Where they can do anything and they don't feel bad about it. But if you're conscience is informed by the word of God, you know that certain things are just not right, okay? Because the conscience is programmed by the word of God. And if parents are doing a good job, you know, if, if God-fearing parents do a good job in the lives of their children, they are going to help them doing the right thing throughout their lifetime. Because it is going to have an impact on their conscience. It's, it's actually, you know, programming their conscience to do the right thing. And that's what we should do as parents because we can have a great influence on the lives of our children. And remember in the Old Testament that uh, God spoke to the people of Israel that they should to tell their children, you know, they should uh, let them know. They should speak to them continuously. And, and, and of course, that's very uh, crucial for our as well. That means to, to program their conscience with the word of God. When we live our lives informed by what is right and wrong from scripture, then we have a very good and uh, wonderful future in front of us. As I said, we have no built operating system in us when we are born. But we need to be taught by our parents, by teachers, and eventually we need to be taught by Christ, the ultimate teacher, okay? When we, when we hear the word of God. So even as I come to you, I just come as a teacher to give you the word of God, okay? And we need to hear the word of God. We need to have the relationship, we need to have the fellowship, we need to be there for one another, we need to build each other. You know, it's very important that we understand that. It's, it's one thing to, to listen to the word of God from tape or from, from TV, uh, that may be a good thing, uh, but it will not replace our meeting together. You know, uh, yesterday I met my good friend, uh, Pastor Wonderpiri is here today on the plane. We have uh, had a bit of a chat. And, uh, you know, the, he and his uh, friends, they told me that in the UK, you know, many, many churches halved after COVID. Or some of them were only a quarter left. And even if you look around here today, you know, you know that... This was not always the way it was here. Okay, but what you can see is that people feel, you know, 
maybe uh, it's dangerous to be where people are. But then, you know, we are with people every single day, whether we go for work, whether we go uh, in the shops, whatever we do in our lives, we're always with people. Why should there only be danger in the, in the house of God? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. In fact, the opposite should be true. You know, the opposite should be true because, you know, we are people of faith. We believe and we should not stay away from, from, the, from the word of God. We should not stay away from uh, meeting each other. And the Bible tells us so. Okay, so uh, to some extent, the Bible says that, you know, the, the judgment will first begin at the house of God. And, you know, the shaking that was coming through COVID had an effect on the body of Christ worldwide. And some people have gone, you know, swept away. Not that they died, you know. Of course, some people died. But not that all of them died. No, many of them, they are very much alive. But they feel, ah, no, I think I'm, I'm, I'm able to manage like, like that. Now, that's very sad. Because sooner or later, we'll have to pay the price for that. So we need each other, you know. And if you're watching us on television today, you're doing a good thing to watch and listen. But please obey my word. You must not leave the fellowship of the believers. That's what the word of God says in the book of Hebrews. Okay, so next Sunday be here, unless you are too far away. But if you are too far away, find people who you can meet with. Because, you know, the, the, the nature of the Christian faith is a fellowship, koinonia in the Greek. Okay, coming together, being a family. Because that's what, you know, we portray, that's what we forecast. Because God has called us into his own family. That's why we are called children of God. Everybody who receives Christ as Savior and Lord has got the power to be called a child of God. Okay? And when you're children, you're not remaining children. You're growing up to be, to be adults. Okay? And that's what God wants us to understand. So, if we cannot live this life here on earth... How will we be able to fit into the family of God when finally the day comes and the Lord calls us? So that's very crucial. So let's not forget, we have to make a choice. You know, we are being taught, that's why it takes us time. You know, I mean, look here, uh, if, you, if you look at some of the videos of, about animals, you know, they have their offspring. Some of them are even born after three months. You know, uh, they don't have the gestation period like human beings. For us, it takes longer. Okay, elephants, yes, they take even longer than that. Okay, but then, you know, they're born, and, uh, you know, maybe for a certain time, they're with their parents, depending on what kind of uh, creatures they are, and then they're off on their own, okay? And they do exactly what, you know, they're meant to do uh, within their operating system. With human beings, it's very different, okay? We're with our parents or guardians, hopefully with our parents, mom and dad, that's the best, uh, you know, uh, system that God has created for children to grow up. And, uh, you know, we know that, of course, family is under attack, so that he wants to destroy even the, the bonds of family. But then, you know, uh, we're not being released after two or three years or four years, five years, six years. No. Actually, we have to go to school. We have to learn. You know, we go to primary. We get to secondary. We go to uh, college. We go to university. And that's a long time, okay? 20 years. Out of the, you know, 64 years of life expectancy today, I think, uh, in Zambia, uh, Almost a third, you are being prepared for the next 40 years. Now you may say, that doesn't make sense. It's just too long, isn't it? Just too long. But, you know, it's actually not too long because you're not only prepared for the next 40 or 45 years. You are prepared for eternity. Okay, and what you are learning today, what you're believing today, what you put into practice 
the, the phase that you put into practice today is something that is going to have an effect throughout eternity to come. And that's why God decided to take time, you know, how we can be able to learn. Not, not overnight. There are some people who always want to get everything overnight. Okay, they want to learn everything overnight, they want to get rich overnight, you know, but overnight successes don't happen. Let me tell you, they don't happen. You know, somebody wrote a book, The Overnight Success, and then that lady explained that the overnight success took her 30 years. Okay, because what looked like an overnight success, because when, when she appeared in the public and then finally this thing took off, whatever she did, it was in motion for 30 years, in preparation for 30 years. Okay, so don't give up. If you have not had your overnight success, keep building, <laughs> keep working, keep learning, okay? If you are saying, no, Pastor, me, I finished with school, I finished with... Uh, college, I've finished with university, fine and good, but keep learning. You need to continue learning because you're not learning uh, for others, you're learning for yourself, okay? You're learning to be the person God wants you to be, not just for the next 40, 50 years, but for eternity to come. And you know, whenever we learn, our mind is expanding, our ability to capture certain truths is expanding. In a, in a way that is, that is mind-boggling, you know. Now, I like to sometimes go and, you know, explore certain areas which, of course, I know nothing about or very little about, okay? But nevertheless, I try to go on YouTube and I try to explore some of the things which have evaded me so far, okay? Because I want to learn. I want to find out how do the people know the things they know, okay? How, how do they come up with the kind of, uh, uh, you know, um, calculations about certain things that they, they tell us about? Of course, this is not the Bible, you understand? But nevertheless, you need to learn. You know, we need to have an open mind. God has given us that mind that we can expand in our learning, that we can, you know, grow in leaps and bounds. And that's amazing. So the kind of uh, personality you are today, praise God, that you have reached where you are. But actually, you could be double that much in a few months' time or in a few years' time. You could easily go beyond where you are today. And don't just ever be satisfied, okay? Because remember, we have eternity that we are heading for. We're not trying to run towards the day of our death. No, we are running towards the reality of the family of God. When we are sons of the living God in the family of God and, you know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Not even the science fiction guys can imagine what God has prepared, what God has prepared for those who love him. Okay? So we, we are very, very fortunate that we have a good shepherd who is guiding us all the way and never forgets while school is important, while you know, being a child of good parents is important and listening and learning is important. But eventually, you know, it's the good shepherd who wants to guide us and who wants to bring us safely into the family of the Father, okay? That is the desire of him, the Lord. After all, he has laid down his life and he has paid the price for that. Now, for many generations, you know, the gospel has been spreading. You know, when you look at the first century, the gospel has been spreading. You know, the Bible uh, tells us about Paul, about Peter, 
Uh, it doesn't tell us everything about every, every of the, of the uh, disciples or the apostles. We don't know where some of them went, but we know from history that Thomas, for instance, went to India. In fact, even today, there's a church of Thomas there. Okay, interesting. So, the, the, the gospel spread out around the world. One day, you know, um, Paul was going through Asia Minor at a time, and one day he was trying to go to a city, and the Spirit of the Lord would not allow him to do that. Then he was going to another city within Asia Minor, and again the Spirit of the Lord did not allow him to do it. Now, if something like that would happen to you, would you say this is the devil? Okay. So in other words, you need to know who is speaking. Is, is it God or is it the devil? Because sometimes God can say, no, no, this is off limit now. I don't want you to go here. This is for somebody else, but you, you don't go here. So in other words, um, Paul could not continue on the journey that he had mapped out, okay? He wanted to reach the whole of Asia Minor, which is today's Turkey, okay? And then at night, he had a vision. And there was a man from the other side, which was now Europe, which was Greece, uh, come over and help us. And that's how they went over to Troas, and that's how Europe became the next, uh, the next place of where the gospel was being preached. And interestingly, you know, uh, when you look at history, how it developed over the years, uh, the gospel was very, very entrenched in Europe for hundreds, in fact, even thousands of years. Of course, there were many struggles, there were many problems, there were many false teachers who were leading people astray, but nevertheless, the gospel was being preached and people believed, trusted. You know, I remember my own grandmother who was a deep, you know, devoted uh, person to Christ. And sometimes, you know, I, I like to be with my grandmother. Sometimes she would tell me about uh, certain things, which at that time I didn't have uh, uh, really a full understanding of. But sometimes I tried to remember what she said, and, you know, I realized, you know, it her generation, or the generation before her, or two generations before her, people were really following the ways of the Lord. But unfortunately, then people walked off. People believed there would be another savior. You know, there was another Messiah who came. Okay, unfortunately, he didn't work out as a Messiah. But let me just read this scripture to you just to get the gist of it. Mark chapter 13, verse 5, the Bible says, Jesus replied, don't be misled by anyone. For many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. <coughs> Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts in the world, as well as famines. But this is only the first of the birth pan pains with more to come. Now, if birth pain, pain starts, then the birth is not too far away, isn't it? And so we can see what is happening in our world today we can really see birth pains, okay? There was a time I would stand here and you know there would something terrible happen and maybe I make some comment about certain things that happened around the world, but today it's almost every week. You know, there's an earthquake here, there's a flooding there, there's a whole city swept into the, into, into the sea, you know, there is, uh, there is war in, in, in Ukraine and uh, there's now, uh, terrible atrocities which have been committed in the Middle East, in Gaza, and uh, Israel. It's like never ending, okay? 
There are some strong men who don't care about your well-being. All they want is to push their own agenda. And that's what happened in Germany. Okay, thankfully, I was not alive then. Uh, God had grace on me to be only born afterwards. Uh, and, and of course, you know, uh, everybody has to live in their own generation. And just like David, he served his own generation and then he died. So, uh, but from what I heard from my father, you know, my father was, you know, the, the son of my, of my grandmother who was very, very godly, okay? But my father turned away from the faith. Why? Because he believed in the other Messiah, okay? This guy came with power and pomp, you know? His name was Adolf Hitler. I think you have all heard in history about him. And he came as a Messiah. He, he told the people, give me 10 years and you will never recognize this country again. Unfortunately, it became a prophecy that was fulfilled in a very, very different way. Okay? But he promised good things. And for a while, many things went well. But there were other things who didn't go well at all. Okay, he started persecuting Jews. And uh, because, you know, he promised so many good things, they looked away. They didn't want to talk about it. This is a problem. We must not do that. Okay? Today we have, you know, uh, messiahs that are promising when they come to power, then they will change everything. Everything for good. I don't believe those messiahs. Those messiahs you can have seen, you know, if you just open the annals of history, you will see that these are messiahs who lead people astray. And who don't have any, you know, any boundary to sacrifice you, your follower. Like Adolf Hitler started wars, he called all of these young people like my father into the army and many just became cannon fodder, okay? Got killed on the way. Fortunately, my father got uh, wounded and he was taken back to, uh, uh, to uh, the hospital uh, until the war was done, you know? But uh, he could have died just as well. So they are pushing their ideas to the limits and they don't care about how many people are dying. Look what is happening today in Israel or in Gaza, okay? There's a group of people who are running that place and they are going to throw bombs and even if it kills their own people, they don't care, okay? It doesn't matter, you know, for, for their ends, Anything is justified. This is not like the good shepherd, okay? Doesn't sound like what Jesus has told us. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep, okay? These guys, these new, uh, you know, messiahs, whether they're in the US, whether they're in the Far East, whether they are somewhere in one of uh, the countries that I don't want to name, <laughs> okay? It doesn't matter. They're all, you know, they're all only interested in their own benefits. They make people sweat and die so that the leader, the big leader, can achieve his aim. That's not the shepherd that we need. So let's not forget, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. And that means what he says, he was willing to die for you and me when we were yet strangers. We were not yet in the kingdom of God, but he was willing to, to die for us on the cross of Calvary. When he hung there on the cross and he cried out, it is finished. He didn't say I am finished. He said, it is finished. What was finished was, 
okay, the kingdom of darkness. And what was finished was also our bondage to sin and evil, if you only would believe him. And so we thank God for what Jesus has done for us. Now, when the gospel went to Europe, it had such an influence that all judiciary, you know, the, the judicial system was completely framed according to the word of God. And those of you who, uh, who did law, you will agree with me that even our just, uh, judicial system in Zambia is, 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 is very much, uh, you know, the judicial system that used to, we, we used to take from the UK. Okay, unfortunately there they changed it, but we must not do the same thing. Okay, so the value system has been, you know, around many countries in the world set up on the values of scripture. And that's what Jesus meant when he says, you know, uh, that we are the salt of the world. Okay, the, the word of God is the salt of the world. We are the salt of the world. And then he says when the salt loses its saltiness, then it's only good for being thrown in the street and to be trampled upon. And you know, in the West, when I say in the West, maybe I should say the, the North and the West, okay? Because it's not a question of East and West, it's a question of the value system that many people now want to push and they destroy whatever values there have been for hundreds and even thousands of years. That is going on right now. You know, there are culture wars, as they call them, because they want to establish a new culture. They want to have nothing to do with the word of God. They want to have nothing to do with Christ, the good shepherd. That's the kind of world in which we live in today. So for us, we may not fully you know, see that war going on because we have called ourselves a Christian nation, so we feel happy and we sit back. But it's not a question of just being called, you know, just declaring ourselves a Christian nation. The question is, are we living that faith? You know, are we walking along the ways of salvation? You know, are we on the way, the truth and the life that leads to the Father, that Jesus himself says, he is that way? That's a question. And so we, we need to ask ourselves, you know, is our saltiness still intact? Do we still have an influence in our world? Or is that saltiness disappearing? And let me tell you, the problems that we see in many countries in the world today, especially these powerful countries, like in Europe or in the US, they may not be much longer as powerful as they have been in the past because they have rejected the Lord. And I'm not saying everybody, but many. Okay, and more and more, people are turning their back to Christ. Okay, there is only one good shepherd, but all of a sudden, there's another guy who calls himself the good shepherd. Okay, he uses different words, but, but nevertheless, and, and many Christians are following a man who is not speaking holy things but unholy things, who is not uh, known for righteousness and justice, but for every lie you can imagine in the book, and Christians follow. You know, Christians follow. They even fight for the man. I don't want to use the name, you know, it's not worth it. But you see, you can't have two good shepherds, you can't have two messiahs. And Jesus said, don't let anyone mislead you. Okay, for many will come in my name. And uh, right now there is, uh, there is uh, evidence, plenty of evidence, just like Adolf Hitler in the 1930s in Germany, even now today, uh, almost 100 years later, we have the same problem that messiahs are coming, giving very, very good promises, and people believe it. People, you know, say there is democracy. 
and they want democracy to only work one way. Well, by the way, democracy was not established by God. It is not something that you find in scripture. It's just a system that people have uh, created as maybe one of the, uh, the, the best of many weak systems. And don't, don't misunderstand me, democracy may be a, a good system until we find something better. The best system, of course, would be theocracy, where God rules and where everybody follows him. But you know, this is not happening. Not even in Zambia, a so-called Christian nation. You know, we are having Sunday morning. Uh, that would mean to this morning, maybe yesterday and today, everybody in Zambia should have been in church. But actually, Sunday morning is a very quiet uh, drive on the road because very few people are traveling anywhere, not even to church. Okay? So let's understand. We are the salt of the world and we need to keep our saltiness as long as we are alive God wants us to have an influence on our, on our nation. Okay? And if we have a good influence on, on, on the nation of Zambia, the nation of Zambia can have a good influence even on the world. And we don't want to give up on the value system that we have inherited from godly people before us. So important. Okay? What happens when the salt loses its saltiness? Well, obviously, then you have to find another alternative system. Okay? And if we reject the Good Shepherd, we reject his value system. We reject eternal life. And what we get after that, I tell you, it can be seen around the world. This destruction of an amazing, utterly amazing way. You know, if you are looking today at uh, the news, or if you don't have the news, international news, you can go to YouTube and just check out what has happened in Gaza. You know, many, many areas of that, of that uh, relatively small area has been utterly destroyed. Nothing left. No life possible anymore. You know, what happens when you are turning your back to the Lord can have very, can have very serious consequences. We know that the Lord says that he is watching over us. Our, Lord is, our, our God does not slumber, that he not, does not sleep, isn't it? And that is true. But if you turn your back on God, then who is going to watch over you? Now, we know that Israel is one of the most powerful nations in terms of defense. You know, they have weapons that uh, no other nation have. Recently, even Germany bought a, a defense system from, from, the, from Israel. As you can see, they were very, very advanced. But you know, if you turn your back on Christ, and unfortunately, that is the reality, you know, then even your weapons won't save you. You can have the best weapons in the world, but if there is a spirit of sleepiness coming on you and the God who you have rejected is no longer watching over you, is no longer uh, protecting you because you don't want him, then it can happen what happened the other day, you know, on the 7th of October that you have all the weapons, you have all the power, you have everything to defend yourself, and then there comes a spirit of sleepiness. And the, 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 the enemy comes in in a mighty way. And actually, Scripture is talking about that. The people are dead as a result of that. You know, the last count, I think, is about 4,500. Maybe it's more now. Just because some people want to push their agenda. They are the leaders of millions of people, but they don't care for their lives. They're not saying, I lay my life down 
so that you can live. They will actually use you as a human shield and they will want you to lay down your life for them. This is not the kind of Messiah that we need. So brothers and sisters, we are living in a very, very um, pertinent time, you know, where many of the things that Jesus has said will actually, or actually coming to pass right now, you know. We have seen some of the things happening. We are seeing them happening every day. We are seeing them happening in the near future. Things are, you know, going from one level to another. And today our world cannot be segregated anymore. You cannot say, oh, well, this is very far away. It has nothing to do with us. Oh, no, yes, it has got something to do with us. <coughs> you see, there are powers <coughs> who are fighting for our for our nation, okay? And I'm saying this <clears throat> knowing that it may not occur well for some people, okay? But there are new groupings of people who want to bring Africa under their, under their, under their uh, tent, okay? And I think we need to be very careful where we are going as a nation, where we are going as individuals. And that's why, you know, every one of us counts. Salt you don't need to have in big containers. You need to have it in small doses. And that's why we make a difference and we must continue making a difference. We must not be afraid. We must not shrink back. If salt is needed, dispense the salt. Okay, if something goes into the wrong direction, let's talk about it without fear or favor. <clears throat> so, let's not forget, there are people who are standing in line to become messiahs. But there is only one messiah. Only one good shepherd. And that is Christ, our savior and Lord. I sometimes wonder why people are trusting those uh, modern messiahs, okay, who will promise a lot of things, but at the end of the day, you know, their promises come to nothing. People trust in the most modern weapon systems, but still get killed in the process. Okay? Our answer to problems is to make more weapons, you know, shoot more bombs, and more people die. More property is lost. Only Jesus can reverse all of that. Only Jesus can put things right in our heart, and it begins from the heart of man, because the Bible tells us that the heart of man is wicked. You know, all kinds of evil are being, you know, perpetrated and sought up in the heart of man. That's why we need to subject our lives, subject our hearts to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus gives us a choice. You know, like in the, in the book of Deuteronomy, God says, See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. And again, God repeats, I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that your children may live. We have a choice. We are not animals who are just having instincts. We have a choice. We can be bad people, but we can be good people. We can bring distractions, but we can also bring healing. We can bring deliverance. That's our role to play. You know, and it's time to get out of the slavery of Satan and his demons. We must put the record straight. Peace in this world will never come without Christ because he is the prince of peace. People are trying to negotiate about ceasefires and peace deals, 
but it will never come. It has not come for the last 2,000 years or 3,000 years or 4,000 years. There's always been war somewhere. Peace can only come through him, the Prince of Peace, Christ our Lord and our Savior. God has given us a wonderful future when we trust him, when we believe in him. And if we choose life, he's very capable of delivering that life, that everlasting life to each and every one of us. Okay? No Messiah can give you eternal life. Okay? Even the modern Messiahs today, they die. Okay, we have some of them, seen some of them taking their own lives because now they couldn't stand to lose, couldn't stand to see everything that promised to be going up in flames. But remember, Jesus still is looking for our attention. In the book of Revelation, the Bible tells us that Jesus is politely knocking Okay? He's not as like a thief who breaks the door. He's not like one of these new messiahs who are coming to kill, steal, and destroy. Because that's the nature of Satan. You understand? That's what the scripture has told us that we were reading earlier on. You know, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. Okay? But Jesus has come so that we may have life and have it to the full. Have it more abundantly. This is powerful. <coughs> so Jesus is knocking at our hearts because he wants to get our attention. And I want to speak to all of you who are here, but even to those who are watching from a distance. You know, Jesus wants your attention. Why are you not with other people right now who are listening to the word of God? Why are you sitting somewhere isolated in front of a TV set? Okay, if you are in a hospital, that may be good. If you are sick, it may be a good thing. But if it's a habit, then it's not a good thing because you need your brothers and your sisters. Today, it's so crucial that we learn to stick together as brothers and sisters in the Lord as a family of God. You know, we all have families, and you know, when it comes to our family, we want to protect our family. You know, every father is, 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 is protective to his family. And the same thing is true to the family of God. God wants to see his family gathering, okay? And as a household, because each church can only be one household, as a household, we need to really maintain our protective circle around us. And we need to bring everybody in so that we think, can take good care. If you are somewhere else, how do we know what problems you have? How can we help you if we don't know? And, and so many times people have phoned and says, uh, I was sick, but nobody came to visit me. But uh, somebody was sick, never even telling the brothers or sisters never having been in church for six months. But then how do you expect when you are now down that somebody pitches up? No, it's your responsibility. You have to choose life, blessings. You know, what you're going through is of your own making. You know, what you sow is what you reap. People like to use that scripture when it comes to money, huh? And it's not just money, you know. Uh, it could be corn, mace. If you sow mace, you'll reap mace. And of course, uh, this year we have not enough because not enough people have been sowing the mace seed, isn't it? So next year, we have to do better, isn't it? So get a piece of land if you don't have one and plow it as soon as possible. And, uh, you know, if you don't want to buy expensive millimill, just plant mace. 
so that if the milliman goes to 400 kwacha, you say, ah, I don't care. You know, I've got my miss. <laughs> Amen. I can take care until next season. So let's, let's understand. We have got so much that God has, you know, prepared for us. God has, you know, said choose between, you know, prosperity, blessings, or on the other side, the death and destruction. I want to encourage you that you follow the good shepherds. He died so that we can live. You know, some people think by not having achieved the things that we wanted to achieve, they need to run faster. But I want to tell you, running faster in the wrong direction does not save us. Okay? That's why the Bible says, turn around. Okay? The, the, the simple word repent means nothing else but turn around. Okay? Don't keep on running even faster and faster and faster until, until you fall dead. And some people do that. Okay? But unfortunately, they have run into the wrong direction. And where they are going, nothing is waiting for them. But when we walk with Jesus, who is definitely getting closer to our Heavenly Father, who loves to see each and every one of us become more powerful sons of the living God. May God bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you, Father, that you have given us your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, because you knew what you could do for us. And we acknowledge Jesus, our good shepherd. We thank you, Father, for giving him to us the best you ever had. And thank you, Jesus, that you have laid down your life. You have not expected us to lay down our lives for you. You did it for us so that we can serve you, so that we can walk with you. And now, Lord, we thank you that we can be in your service, no matter what the world may bring, no matter what uh, life will uh, bring us to, we trust you. We know that you are good God, that you care for us. Jesus, we pray that you help you, that you help us to trust you, not just a little bit when we are in church, not just a little bit when we are saying, yes, I I know that I trust, I, I believe in Jesus Christ, but in action, in faith. Help each and every one of us to take steps of faith. Despite what is happening in our world, and we give you glory, we give you honor, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.